He said he would, but did he really? I am J.A. Lovelock, a barrister and an author, but most importantly, a crime junkie. Welcome to my podcast, Behind the Yellow Tape. In this episode, I check out the case of William Benjamin Reeve, a husband who told all and sundry that he was going to shoot his wife dead because she hadn't given him any money. But were his threats taken seriously? And did he, in fact, go through with it and shoot his wife dead? On the evening of the 5th of July, 1915, a doctor and a policeman attended the address of 8 Plantation Road in Leighton Buzzard. There they came upon a woman. She was sitting cross-legged in a chair. She had one arm on her lap and the other arm was hanging down. The woman was Harriet Reeve. The doctor and policeman noticed that the large part of her right lower jaw was missing and that the large blood vessels in her neck were also destroyed. The officer and doctor also noticed another wound just over Harriet Reeves' shoulder. She had been shot and she was now dead. A post-mortem examination revealed that Harriet Reeve had fought for her life because the knuckle of her left hand was also injured. Defence wound. It was evident she tried to protect herself from her attacker. Harriet Reeve had died from shock due to loss of blood from the injuries she sustained. It was also determined that she was shot at close quarters. Although the doctor who carried out the post-mortem could not state for definite how many shots were fired, it was difficult to say whether one or more than one shot had been fired. So who killed Harriet Reeve and why? Harriet Reeve was a 40-year-old married woman. She was married to William Benjamin Reeve. On the morning of the 5th of July, William Reeve met a man he knew who was on his way to Hockliffe, a nearby village. What was surprising about this meeting was that William told the man that he had a loaded double-barreled shotgun which he kept in the corner of his house. Somewhat taken aback at this revelation, the man told William that he was being a bloody fool. The man even suggested to William Reeve that he returned home at once and empty the gun. Whereupon William Reeve replied that he had something else for the gun. Mm. What was that something else he had in mind? William Reeve did not heed his companion's admonition, and the two men spent much of the day together on what could be described as a pub crawl, going from pub to pub, supping as much beer as they could afford. After which both men parted company and went their separate ways. The friend went home to Root Street and William Reeve went towards the High Street. 
Clearly not satisfied that his thirst was not quenched, William Reeve was later seen in the Stag Inn public house by his own father at around 6.30pm. William Reeve spoke to his father and he asked him to get him half a pint of beer. But his father refused, as he could see that William was already intoxicated. Even so, not deterred, William got himself a drink before heading home. At about seven o'clock that same evening, William Reeves' father was standing by the gate of his home when he saw William come around the corner. His hands were covered in blood. A woman who lived nearby on Heath Road told authorities that in the early evening of the 5th of July, between 6 o'clock and 6.30, William Reeve came by her house in a drunken state. He had told both her and her husband that he loved his wife. The neighbourly woman claimed that this was not the first time she had heard William Reeve say that he loved his wife. She said that she had heard it before, on a previous occasion, when he was also drunk. It would seem then that William Reeve loved his wife. And that's all good and well, of course. But it also seems that he only professes his love for her when he's drunk. However, on this evening of the 5th of July, William Reeve asked the neighbour's young brother to go to his house to see if his wife was home. This the boy did. And he returned shortly to say she was at home. Later that same evening at around seven o'clock, another neighbour saw William in nearby Plantation Road. He told this neighbour that he was coming from his house. While he was speaking, she noticed that what she thought was red paint on his hands and on his neck. Feeling unsure of this situation and wanting to find out more, this neighbour made her way to William Reeves' home. To her surprise, the front door to the house was open. Once she entered, she saw Harriet Reeves sitting on a chair by the side of the door. She called out to her, but got no answer. When she went nearer to Harriet Reeve, she saw that her head was hanging on one side. She then left and called another neighbour. Did William Reeve carry out his threats to shoot his wife Harriet? So the husband of this neighbour said that at around 6.20 he saw William, the worse for drink. William Reeve wanted to fight with him there and then. To put him off this idea, the man suggested they could fight the next morning and they agreed to fight the next morning at 5.30, something akin to duel at dawn. William Reeve then told the neighbour's husband that he would shoot his old girl tonight. The neighbour's husband told him he wouldn't do that if he were him, after which William Reeve said, I love my old girl. In addition, as well as stating earlier that he would shoot his wife, 
William also said that she, his wife, hadn't given him any money. We can only guess. That's why he took it in his head that he was going to shoot her. Harriet Reeve had a son, and he was at home with a friend at the time the neighbour's brother came to check on her. The son states that shortly after the boy left, William Reeve came home sometime between 6.30 and 6.45. William Reeve spoke to Harriet. Although the son could not say exactly what was said, However, shortly after William Reeve had spoken to Harriet, he gave his son some money to go to the pictures, leaving William and Harriet Reeve in the house alone. The son returned at about 7.30pm to find his mother dead. There was little doubt, therefore, that William Reeve had killed his wife Harriet, just as he said he would do. He was seen by several neighbours covered in blood at around 6.45 and these neighbours as well as a local police constable had heard gunshots coming from William Reeves' house. Well, not only was William Reeves covered in blood but he was also heard to be groaning and surprisingly his throat was cut. The question is, who cut William Reeves' throat? Was it self-inflicted? Or was it a serious assault committed by a third party? The local constable, who had also seen William Reeve groaning and bleeding from the wound of his throat, rendered assistance. He took William Reeve to his father's house at 84 Church Street. He gave him first aid and called the doctor. William Reeve was later transported to the workhouse infirmary and while there he admitted to his father that he had indeed killed his wife, Harriet, by shooting her. While William Reeve was at the infirmary, the police were at his house, searching it. There they found the gun standing against the fence with both barrels discharged. There was also a razor blade lying nearby, covered in blood. On the 20th of July 1915, William Reeve was charged with the murder of his 40-year-old wife, Harriet Reeve. And soon thereafter, he was convicted at the Bedford Assizes. Having been found guilty of the murder of his wife, he was sentenced to death for his crime. There were no other third party involved, as William Reeve was trying to make out to save his neck. And he had attempted to take his own life by cutting his throat after he had killed his wife. He appealed his conviction, as he was so entitled to do. But this appeal was rejected. At 8 o'clock on the morning of Tuesday, the 16th of November, 1915, where light snow fell and a chill wind filled the air, 42-year-old William Reeve walked with a firm step to the hangman's noose. 
he left behind six children. He said he would shoot his wife dead. And he did. Thanks for listening. I am J.A. Lovelock. Join us next time as we go behind the yellow tape. Till then, catch up with more episodes at btytpodcasts.com. Listen to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. It's a fun show about weird stuff. New episodes every Wednesday, yeah, eggheads. I'm Art. And I'm Andy. And Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time is a podcast about conspiracies, the paranormal, UFOs, unsolved mysteries. We're, we're going to be discussing the Kennedy assassinations. Oh, yeah, that's his nickname, finger-banging Bob Lazar. Give me some aliens with some good frickin' spacecraft. The whole enchilada. <laughs> the only thing bigger than Bigfoot's feet are our egos. If you like simulation theory, ancient history, egghead science, and Mandela effect, that kind of stuff. So check it out. New episodes every Wednesday. All the links you need on MrBunkersConspiracyTime.com. And we'll see you in the bunker.